So, back to Romans, chapter 8. We have gotten to chapter 8 now. We got through verse 17 last week. You had mentioned two weeks ago when I was here that we're coming to the highlights of Romans. Remember that? This is chapter 8 is the peak. Romans is built like, um, kind of like an envelope structure. Everything in the first seven chapters leads up to chapter 8. Everything in the last four chapters leads away from chapter 8. It's not an even middle. It's not an even chiasm. Uh, it's just, um, it's more of a step-by-step -step up and then step-by-step -step down. So I'm going to go ahead, since our time is short, and I'm going to start reading with verse 18. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, and hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, it groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, but who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. It's hard to believe that when you're suffering, that the sufferings that we're going through are nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed. And I think, I think we, when we get to heaven, we'll think, that was nothing. <laughs> Why did we feel that was so terrible? Mm -hmm. And I, I've had glimpses of experiences in that now when I'm, when I'm really suffering at my most. And I feel the presence of God in a way that I never do any other time. Mm -hmm. And there was one time when it was so real that I didn't want the suffering to end because then I knew I would lose the presence, that, that intensity of presence. And so it's when God is in the trial that we can see that foretaste of when it's all over and we are no longer suffering and we are in the glory of His presence. We're going to see just what Paul says. They're not worth comparing. <laughs> Anything else in here? Creation waits with eager longing, for the creation was subjected to futility not of its own will, but by the will of one who subjected it, in hope that creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay, and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. That's been one of the texts we've used for ecology, that the creation groans. I think it's been especially groaning in California. Were you, uh, Sabrina, where, near where the fires were? I live about an hour away okay. from where the fires were. But we did have, because um, I live in Bernie, which is about an hour from Redding. Okay. And so we were an hour away from the fires in Redding, and then we had a small fire start up about five miles outside of town that thankfully was put out the same day. And then another one started up about 15 miles from town and almost burned the next town over. Mm. So it's been a lot this summer and they're not sure 
if some of them are accidental, like people dragging chains on the freeway, or if some of them were on purpose. Oh. People dragging chains on the freeway cause, oh, it should, it would, on the hot, on the hot. Oh. I think they've speculated that's what caused the fire in Reading. Yeah. They said car malfunction is yeah. what they called it, or vehicle malfunction. So it sounds like you have pain, but if you don't deal with it, you're going to have more pain. For example, the fires, the first pain is when the fire's burning, and then, but then all the gases are released from the trees, which are really terrible gases like methane and things. I never thought trees, of that. The trees themselves are all blackened, so they can't take in the CO2 and release oxygen. It's all up and down the coast, see? Washington, British Columbia, Oregon, California, Nevada, Idaho, Montana are burning. Arizona, too. Arizona. When you cross the map across the country, there's lots of fires going across the whole country. The Antarctic's on fire, too. It's had fires. I know. I'm learning more about the Antarctic than the sailing stuff. So, if you don't do something about it, and the problem has been to figure out how to deal with it when the terrain, terrain is so impossible. Yeah. That was know, the case of the ranch fire. Experience If you have a problem and the pain, if you don't deal with it, it's it going to get worse. worse. But in Paul's case, in what Paul is saying here, creation waits with eager longing. His only waits. <laughs> it can't do anything. A creation can't do anything else. We can, to a limited extent. But the creation has to wait. You know, it makes me think of um, all the like animals that have been affected in this fire. Oh, yeah. We've seen lots of. Um, happy stories about like firemen rescuing baby fawns and baby bears that were partially burned in the fire, but there's lots of other animals that didn't make didn't it. Make it. And there's nothing they can do about it, you know. Yeah, it's their home. Which, by the way, is pushing the animals out. Yes, and so, so we, have more, we have more, more wildlife, more birds. Property. I've seen more bucks this year, mm -hmm. several does, lots of fawns. And uh, there's also more. Um, Bees and yellow jackets. The yellow jackets have been absolutely terrible. I went down to the, try to get another yellow, yet another yellow jacket trap from Ace Hardware, and they they were sold out. Somebody brought twelve. <laughs> but um, he says not only not only creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit, grown inwardly while we wait for adoption. The redemption of our bodies. The adoption is, is there uh, in terms of spiritual life, we're adopted, but in terms of our bodies, we have not yet been adopted physically. Mine says to wit. Does that mean therefore or for example or? For that reason, I think, is what to wit means. Redemption of our body. Right? Well, maybe, maybe not. We wait for redemption and redemption to wit the redemption of our bodies. And to wit would mean that is. So could it mean like someone like Kim, her whole life struggling with health and yourself, 
you know, you're following the Lord and you're working the Holy Spirit and with the body to wit. And some people say, well, you know, why did I get cancer, you know, or I've had health foods all my life, or, you know, whatever, I've gone to church, or, you know, <laughs> why am I sick and dying? So he's answering here that the redemption of the body hasn't taken place. The wages of sin. Just, it's the whole thing about waiting. <laughs> that tension. Yeah, the for, tension of the waiting. We don't have much patience. Really. And I like what right after 25 it says in my Bible. After it says, we look forward to something we don't yet have, we, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. It, it's like a new paragraph and everything, but I like how it seems like it's mm -hmm. it's talking about we don't know how to wait. <laughs> he helps us in that um, to wait with patience, and we don't may not see it in this life. We may lose our lives, you know, and yet we will see it afterwards. And then the neat thing about dying is. You close your eyes and then you open them again and you see Jesus. There's no waiting. There's no waiting. <laughs> it's, it's like I was reading about time. I was reading a book on sleep, Why We Sleep by, I can't think of his name. I just had that recommended to me by Dr. Waters. <laughs> by Walker is his last name. And you always wonder if when somebody recommends it to you if they think you need more sleep. <laughs> He knows you're going to grad school. He knows Probably you're going to graduate school. That's, that's right. You should. <laughs> anyway, I've been reading this book, and he notes that time is very different in the brain. Mm -hmm. When you dream, mm -hmm. you dream hours mm -hmm. of something and wake up, and it's only been a few minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Berkeley at the University of Minnesota. Yeah, he's, he's at Berkeley. Yeah. He's a professor there. He's the one that did that book, book recently. Yeah. I listened to him on the listen to him on the big program on the radio. Really NPR. Yeah, it was fascinating. Huh. I, I think sleep is fascinating actually. It's really interesting. And I I've had one experience of waking up out of sleep that literally felt like if I was dead because it felt like my first breath like when I woke I literally stood up in my sleep and it felt like that was my first breath I took. Like, I didn't know I was sleeping mm -hmm. and breathing, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it was when we were in Michigan, and it was so impactful. I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is what it's going to feel like to be resurrected. <laughs> you know, it was just so amazing. And there is something about sleep that is just, it's like a mystery. I had an episode here at PUC when I was a student. Optician. Mm -hmm. uh, switch the lenses of my glasses. And then the receptionist out in front told me the reason I couldn't see is that it was all in my head. Mm. The, the, the optometrist checked my lenses. They said, he said they were fine. He didn't check to see if they were put in right. I had granny glasses back in the 70s. And so I forced myself to look through them until I could see perfectly, but it took my nervous system and just went around. Yeah. And I developed just weakness, just severe weakness. And long story short, um, one of the associate pastors here at the PUC Church suggested I be anointed. So I invited him and my Bible teacher and 
a couple of my friends, and we went. We were going to have the anointing service. Well, it was Sabbath afternoon. We were going to have it, and about two hours beforehand, I got really sick. I felt absolutely terrible, and I went over to the sink and looked in the mirror in my dorm room, and my face was the color of the wall, except a little whiter. <laughs> and I had only this thin trace of any kind of pink on my lips. And it, I looked so ghastly that I was like, that, that really demoralized me. <laughs> I went to bed, and I was like, oh. And um, one of my friends came in, and I asked her to pray for me. And she prayed such a long, worried prayer that I started praying she would stop because <laughs> it was only making me feel worse. So she finally stopped, and she said, I didn't get much sleep last night. I've got to get some sleep. So she lay down on the floor beside my bed and, and conked out, and I rolled over to try to sleep. And I felt it was like I was in the swimming pool at the bottom and, and that I was going down, and there was this little tiny of space, and that space was diminishing. And I was losing consciousness. And I felt a very strong impression. You're dying. And I knew I had a choice of I could resist it and live, or I could just let it go. And so I said in my, my mind, I will live, I will live. And the space began to rise. I had to do that several times before I fell asleep with safety. But what that taught me is that death is just like a sleep. Mm -hmm. It felt just like a sleep. Mm -hmm. And the good news is that we made it to the anointing service and God answered our prayers on the spot. What about the glasses? The glasses? I had already gotten them reversed. Oh, you did? I did. I went to somebody in Santa Rosa. I, I had The original problem was done in Arizona where I, my parents lived. But I went to somebody in Santa Rosa, and he discovered it and was horrified. Mm -hmm. um, put them in right. So I had three levels, three kinds of uh, prescription, mm -hmm. and my eyes are very, very different. The axis is different. Everything's different. But truly, death is that momentary pause, mm -hmm. and then we see Jesus. There's nothing to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. So it's it's sort of like that dream state, that REM state. You know, we go to sleep, and Jesus. Our loved ones have this long period of waiting to see us again. Whereas we wake up and see them and go, Oh, what did the doctor do to get me well? <laughs> I think sleep is also just such a gift. Um, I think mm -hmm. the devil has messed with it a lot. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. And, and he's, he's just sleep deprivation is... It's it horrible. You a different person. Yeah. You're not in your right mind. And um, I just see so much of that at work. And to just try and just, you know, help people understand how important sleep is. And there's just so much I wish distraction. I'd, I wish Dr. So just, you know, intrusion and inability to sleep. I wish Dr. Walker had created a, a video that you could show your patients, you know, if, where he synthesizes everything in that book. Because the book is heavyweight. Because he tells all the whys and wherefores of what it does to the brain not to sleep. Well, in the whole body. 
affecting your emotions, your spiritual, yeah. your brain. I, th I think of that all as the brain, but yeah. <laughs> but it does affect the cells in our bodies are tired. They don't. They can't. Reap, they can't do their functions as well. Did you get through the book? No, I haven't started. Oh. Yeah. That pretty good school. You have it on Kindle. Uh, Audible, actually. Audible. What's it called again? Why we sleep. I don't want to drive up there. Yeah. <laughs> he talks about caffeine in rather negative ways. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Maybe I'll skip over that second. <laughs> <laughs> you should read it, <laughs> just so you're informed. Yeah. Actually, I I have a video. I, I'm you know you're, I'm preparing for this holistic class, holistic holistic living class, and I have a video that I found on YouTube. It's a TED talk, where the person says, "Okay, you know here are the coca leaves that the South Americans eat to keep themselves working through the day." And probably, you know, it's, it's not so bad for you because, they, you know, they're able to focus and they're able to get a lot done. But this, if you highly concentrate those coca leaves, this is what it is. And there's this crack. And they talk about the addiction. And then she goes, and if you don't concentrate it quite so much, here it is, caffeine. <laughs> I know that if I eat too much dark chocolate. I don't sleep so well that night. So caffeine really does a number for me, and that's really dark chocolate is not as strong as caffeinated drinks like coffee. But I'll stop preaching. <laughs> so just a quick look at 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what, the mind of the what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. He takes our deepest desires and translates them into what God is wanting to do for us. What's nice there is the Lord and the Spirit is not waiting for us to figure out how to ask him no. or to request, no. which is nice. Yeah. And I see. I I haven't answered prayer when I was an atheist. Um, I at four. I just I thought one day about why I obeyed my mother, and I decided it was because I didn't like the flack I got if I didn't. Mm. And I decided that wasn't a very good reason to obey. To obey, but I decided if she, if she wanted me to have a better reason, she could change her method of getting me to obey. Anyway, <laughs> I'd like to think that God took that as a prayer. The Spirit mm. prayed for me. And the next thing that happened is my mom started reading child guidance and she changed her method of discipline. Mm. She began to reason with us instead of spank us or mm. instead of scolding us. That's, that's just one example. I'm sure there's been many times when the Spirit has prayed for me. Because I prayed for a coat one time. No, I prayed for money for a coat. I prayed for $50. This was back in 1980. And I was in Michigan. And I had an Arizona coat. <laughs> that let in. It leaked air like a sieve. And you know how the wind blows in Michigan. And uh, so I was very cold. And the cold did not it affected me badly because I'd had mono. And so I prayed for $50 for a coat, and God just smiled. He tapped 
a friend of mine who had been my sweet mate who lived in Australia on the shoulder and said, Jean needs a coat. This was Christmas time. Get her a coat. Mm. So she went to her father and she asked for money for a coat. She said, I have this friend in Michigan who needs a coat, I, I think. He gave her the money she needed. She went out and bought a sheepskin coat. Australian sheepskin coat. It was literally the skin and soft fur, soft wool. And you could wear it reversible. Either way. It was so warm. <laughs> I walked in the coldest weather in that coat. <laughs> and I, I just like, God, you sure know what you're doing. <laughs> Did you read verse 37? Yes. <laughs> uh, are you not going to do that next week? You'll do it the week after, or next week after? Yeah, well, next <laughs> next week we have, uh, we, work at, we go to the Grove, so we don't have Sabbath school oh, class okay. next week. There's a Grove next week, huh? So, uh, yeah, we'll be at the Grove. Okay. That whole section there, I'd like to kind of be around if I could. Yeah. Then we leave the... 13th of September for two and a half months. So. We won't wait for you then. Yeah. You, we, won't, we won't wait for you. We'll cover, we'll cover Ed, we'll cover chapter 9 while, while you're gone. And that's the hardest chapter, right. so, oh, you know, you won't no, miss no, anything. No, 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 I'm kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's have a closing prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for the many resources you have put within reach for the advancement and knowledge that we have about our bodies, about our lives, about this world, about the nature. We, we are sorry that we don't take better care of all of that. We are sorry that we do not seek to protect the things that you've entrusted to us. We ask that you will help us in our daily lives to be more spirit-filled, more spirit-directed, and to listen and to grow in our understanding and in our willingness to uh, serve you and the natural world. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.